You got the you got the backup going, girl. Ooh, girl, no, I don't got the backup going. I gotta start the backup. Although we used to not do that. Hmm. But the one who is not our one, who is our one, who is our one, who Chapter two. What's our topic this week? The topic this week is X Men. This. X Men, X Women, Ladies, X Kids, X Fans, Friends, X Family Members, X Girlfriends. X Umbrella Members. Everything. Umbrella Members. Not really. Not really. We're talking about. Comic book, video game, movie franchise, The X-Men from the Xavier School of Gifted Young Gifted Youngsters. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Now we have a very special connection to this um, to this uh, wonderful franchise. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say, girl? Yes. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Yeah. Care to explain, elaborate <laughs> what you mean by that? Okay. Okay. So, okay. Let's let's start now. Let's start with your first okay. exposure okay. to X Men in general. How okay. was that like? You tell your so, love. Then go ahead and mix it up. This is how I remember things. I feel like growing up, everything was about superheroes, and you know, it was all all of that basically. It started with the Thundercats. Um, then we had the Fantastic Four, but you know, it never really worked for me. It wasn't my thing. It mm-hmm. was not. You know, mm-hmm. something was missing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then came along um, an animated series called the X-Men Animated Series. You know, mm-hmm. with the member with the special uh, opening, the ta 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 Girl, whenever that, <laughs> whenever that opening sequence started, I was like, okay, wait, ready to go. <laughs> that was, opening sequence has got to be one of the greatest opening sequence of all time. <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. <laughs> Girl, they had them. They had one, but you know, it's like, I love an entrance, right? <laughs> Obviously. So they had entrances. It was everyone had the entrance living. But what I liked in particular was that there were a lot of female characters, obviously. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so many. So I was like, I was not into this superhero stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I was not, I was more into Disney, let's just say, like because mm-hmm. of the princesses and everything. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're very different. Mm-hmm. And um, it just opened my eyes to, okay, you can be a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. And that's where my journey of being a bad bitch began, basically. I think you're right. Okay, so my my first exposure to the X-Men was actually was really funny. Um, remember the cereal Kellogg's? Like, Chris, like the cereal company Kellogg's? Yeah. They have one called Frosties, right? So yeah. I remember we the got... The tiger. The tiger ones, yeah. yeah. So we got, the, we got them for home. And they had a campaign with the X-Men because the new X-Men movie X2 at that time had just come out. So they were doing like a whole campaign. So every time you bought like a, a box of Kellogg's, you'd get a little like a dog tag. You know those dog tags that military personnel have of like a particular X-Men. And the one I got was of Rogue. And I was like, who? And I was like, who the hell are these X-Men? What's going on? What is this? And then behind the box, they had like superpowers and like girls, right? I'm looking at Rogue. I'm looking at Jean Grey. I'm like Storm. I'm like, 
who are these like super heroines and why don't I know about them? Obviously, I got into the movies. The movie was actually the first, like X2 was actually the okay. first X-Men anything I had seen. So I hadn't really? even seen the cartoon. I hadn't even seen the cartoon. Okay. So, and Rogue, I was living, like, because I had gotten the Rogue tag. So I thought it was like some fate thing. Now I was like, ooh, I'm this, I'm like this magic. I do I- have to say, Rogue in the movies versus Rogue in the cartoons. Not the same. Very different thing. Not the same. It's not the same. It's not, it's not good, girl, because you know what? She's missing the quintessential southern bell hospitality that I Bella enjoy. No <laughs> <laughs> girl, it's, like, it's, like, it's like she lost flavor and seasoning. <laughs> yeah, she lost everything. Yeah. Um, it was really annoying, but obviously, like, um, so I was like, really, like, that was my first introduction to the X-Men, mm-hmm. and then I got in. And at the same time, I think X-Men Evolution had just come out. I was really yeah. into that also, the cartoon. So you were like, this was 2000s, basically. That's so, yeah, I got introduced, yeah, in 2004 and stuff. And that's, you know, that's exactly when the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the game. Well, we had get together. We, we had got together at I the got same together. year. And, and, and yes. girl! <laughs> you know what else came <laughs> what out? The... What came out that year? What came X-Men out? Legends, girl. X-Men, X-Men Legends. Legends. <laughs> that's where I was getting to basically because <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about in particular because you know it's, it's I would say that's a landmark moment in our friendship let's just say that yeah, right? yeah. Um, so this is what had happened okay I uh, we became friends we'll, we'll discuss how we became friends at a later time yeah. that's, that's an interesting story on its own but we were already I would say we were already friends at this point right yeah 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 and uh, I knew that you play video games and um I, and I suggested, I, this is how I remember, I, I, I suggested to you <laughs> that we should play this game X-Men Legends, right? Mm-hmm. And my description was always, <laughs> from the beginning was like, oh, you love it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was like, when you select people, they twirl. <laughs> that was my description. <laughs> when you select people, they twirl. And I feel like people who, who haven't played the game won't know what I mean. And people <laughs> who have played the game will know exactly what I mean. <laughs> because... But I remember there was one person who had a very particular twirl, and I'm thinking it was Emma Frost. I don't know. So I feel there were degrees of twirls. There were three degrees of twirls. Jean Grey had a twirl where she launched into air, and it was like an ethereal drop down. Yes, yes. Storm had a tornado like round. And yes. Emma Frost just went insane. She did three <laughs> twirls in a row. Okay. Yeah. And then she, she had and her and her like resting pose was basically uh, I would say like you know um kathak ka jo wo ek wo hota na kathak ka jo standard pose hota hai ki ek haath kandhe pe ek haath jo hai in the distance kind of thing. It was so bizarre. <laughs> I don't know who developed these characters, but I love girl. Emma Frost in the video game was just all sorts of crazy like even the things <laughs> that she said <laughs> even the things that she would say it should be a sin to feel this good and i was like what the fuck is this? <laughs> all sexual girl. everything is sexual bobby drake <laughs> <laughs> how'd you know about bobby <laughs> Okay, the game was obviously an RPG Sorry. game. You had to make, like, let's let the folks at home know. The game was an RPG game. You picked four, and then obviously you went along, and there were challenges and everything. <laughs> so, you want to talk about um, uh, what we did once we started playing that video game? I mean, I feel like because we're the kind of people who are just never content with what we had. We had to take it up a notch. 
mm-hmm. you know but like just holding the remote controller and playing it it's just not enough no. for me no of course not just, i'm not feeling the fantasy yet mm-hmm. so i need to take it up a notch so and for people who don't know when we were in ninth grade we were in pakistan right mm-hmm. and we were two very obviously queer kids when i say obvious it was obvious from the get go that kind of obvious mm-hmm. um so it wasn't like we had uh the you know you know we got a little bullied here and there you know there was that kind of stuff for happening and then what had happened this thing you want to explain okay i'm going to paint a picture here okay eyes are already on us okay people are waiting to see what we're going to do but we don't care well okay we don't we care we don't yeah we don't care because of the stunts that we were pulling we should not have been pulling yeah <laughs> if we cared we wouldn't be pulling those stunts mm-hmm. so we are standing upstairs okay the where, stairs where we would have our assemblies every single morning it was that that was that stage the stairs led up to a stage okay mm-hmm. and it was obviously the entrance to the building or whatever so a lot of people would be coming and going but at the break time it was our stage okay <laughs> yeah it was our thing so remember the twirls and everything that we were talking about the twirls that would happen the moves in the game they were all very animated there was lots of twirling there was a lot of action there was a lot of hand movements like there was a lot of happening and only and the only people relevant to us in the game for obviously the female characters the right? female characters yes of course yes cuz you can't fight crime you ain't cute <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway i crime if you ain't cute honey <laughs> anyway so the twirls and the action was off there was like a recess time was basically time to demonstrate to the world hmm. about what actions needed to be performed by you and i mm-hmm. on that stage Okay. There were, twirls, the there were kicks. <laughs> there were splits. There were, there were dialogues. <laughs> <laughs> and we did that every single day. Every single day without a fail, we would do that. Twirling. We would get we would get abused by the viewing public because why not? Right? And we were <laughs> like, what's wrong with them? Why can't we just do this on and on? <laughs> But we kept doing it, girl. That's mm-hmm. perseverance. Yeah. Is that not? We didn't stop. Yeah. I I know I didn't stop. <laughs> it was a lot of fun though. It was a lot of fun. I feel like I feel like I would have done it regardless. Yeah, I mean I don't even like for me it was just so, because I was so used to the whole thing like I was like might as well ab kar lo itna maza aa raha hai. It was literally so much fun. I remember X-Men Legends at that time was it was it for me. Okay. Let's talk about the characters individually. Okay. Okay. What do you feel about Storm Girl? Okay. She's my drag mom. I have to admit. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the hair, white hair, the hair, the hair. eyes, the oh, eyes, yes. girl, they used to turn white. I remember it was with everything that Storm did it was a show. In oh, in the God. video game? Oh, yes. Oh. Amazing. Uh, amazing. And the one in the movie? Halle Berry now. <laughs> also in the game, Storm had the Oprah voice. ऑफ 
she's like, you know, the elements command you to, to, to hand this child and then Ro comes over. <laughs> Lighten up on the speech, sugar. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was like, it was, you saw the contrast of one person taking themselves so seriously. And one like, bitch. <laughs> and then Bring it all, down to a two. The power was kind of connected to the speech. Like, you know, <laughs> the speech kind of like, the speech kind of became more and more dramatic as her powers reached more and more power. So she wanted to, <laughs> so as you know, it started with rain. She was like, mm. rain. And then she in the hail, there's like, let ice fall from the skies. And then, and then you're like, it was thunder. So like, and then she, she, it was one step ahead, like, the elements, the wind. Oh, she was going crazy. So essentially, everything, everything required her to be dramatic in her speech. And I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> everything, every time she was on screen, when Storm, you knew some shit was about to go down every time she was on screen. Especially because her powers were just so like, you know, they, they commanded attention. Like the skies would go dark and the lightning would crash and everything would be like, you know, the rest would do shit. You'd be like, okay, you're done. But every time Storm was like, she twirled into the scene, you were like, okay, let's go. It is on. You know, uh, Storm had the most uh, dramatic changes in costumes, I believe in her all her versions because Jean Grey for example it was similar the only mm-hmm. distinction was between Phoenix and the, the main character of Jean Grey mm-hmm. but Storm had like various hairstyles where she had the mohawk which we saw in the latest mm-hmm. Apocalypse movie mm-hmm. that was one of the original haircuts that she had she had a black outfit I love that one by the way which mm-hmm. was in the X-Men animated series before the 90s one Mm-hmm. Uh, the one with the not so good opening sequence and with the good opening sequence I didn't like that outfit too much the white one but I feel like that became like the signature storm outfit the white yeah. body suit yeah because um, uh, it was a look my head to so white yeah for black skin even the one even the one well X-Men Evolution was oh yeah with the, the outfit was really good in that because the hair the hair in X-Men Evolution was like Disney princess hair and you know she had the cape she, she was the, the only cape. one in the cave. <laughs> yeah, she had the cave. And the X-Men Evolution had good animation, obviously. So it was like a lot of fun to watch. Also, it was like contemporary animation for that time. When the cape would fly and then the lightning would strike. I remember I made so many sketches of Storm because the hair and the lightning and the eyes would just be like, it was a look. It oh, was yeah. like, it was done by a gay person, obviously. Of course, of course. Jean Grey, let's talk about her. You know, listen, okay. I'm going to be real with you, girl. I'm going to level with you. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a thing where my mind gets confused. Am I into it because of the superpower or the fishiness? <laughs> because, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have to say, I have to say my favorite was Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it was because of the superpower or the level of fishiness that she gave us. Because yeah, it was very it was fishy. Super- it was literally pink. Was, her colors really, were literally pink mm, so mm. that was the, that was i was like okay this one this one i think i'm gonna pick this one maybe mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. maybe i'll pick this one mm-hmm. um it was really 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 feminine even like the phoenix force thing and all there was like the level of femininity presented by jean gray in the video game was too much and the game i have to say was so much better than the stupid movie because jean gray was there fish and the one in the movie not fish Okay. What I didn't like was in the in the animated series and the movies, she was in the in, in the beginning of the movie, sorry. She was a bit of like a wuss. Like it was very like 
Scott. Like Scott was Sky Cyclops' real name, right? Yeah, so Scott. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, bitch, <laughs> you need to get it together. <laughs> she needs, basically, she needed the Asma Jahangir energy in her. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, shoot. No, yeah, it's so true. In fact, like, it was really irritating. And But the thing is, all this stuff was made so long ago and there was very yeah. less very less conversation about the representation of women in media. So it was very like, so you can't- Cancel in distress, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, but I remember even as a kid, when I, was, I used to be like, why? You know, you know why I think? Because true. I feel like even if that was not the, the actual audience, but they thought the intended audience was like straight teenage guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they saw, they obviously saw, they obviously have male archetypes as well. It's not like they don't have male archetypes, but they have the female archetype thing going on where Jean Grey is essentially the romantic interest. He's mm-hmm. the, she's the guy that the guys wanted to save. That's why they created mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to, they gave people the opportunity essentially in their minds to save her. Yeah. Storm was this almost, I hate to say like a maternal figure. Yeah. Like she had the maternal figure going on. As great as the X-Men was, there are certain problematic elements to it, right? Okay, and, tell me. Um, I don't know if you know, there's a notice there's a theme with the male versus female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, you know, obviously with characters, uh, most characters are, are written with weaknesses and strengths in mind. And those weaknesses mm-hmm. and strengths in some ways reflect the kind of moral argument is, that is trying to be portrayed, right? Most smart writers do that. And I feel in like good stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a piece of smart writing as you've mm-hmm. discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find like, you know, like, um, with uh, a lot of the male characters, the, the strengths and weaknesses tend to be very uh, heroic in nature, like mm-hmm. very standard hero in nature. Whereas if you look at, I mean, I'm going to talk about in particular, the Phoenix and Storm, right? Mm-hmm. GK essentially and mm-hmm. Storm. There's this aspect of it, which is quite problematic that it's, it's kind of portrayed as um, their powers essentially are they can't handle their powers, essentially. If, if you know mm-hmm. the story, you know what I mean? For example, Jean Grey has powers that, are, that have been diminished um, mm-hmm. by Professor X because they're so ex- expansive that he doesn't believe she can control them. And when she does, mm-hmm. she, can, she becomes the Phoenix or the Dark mm-hmm. Phoenix as a destructive force, right? Mm-hmm. And Storm, when she goes into the Stormlands, the power essentially overtakes her mind and she can't handle the power. And then she basically is corrupted by power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting analogy because uh, this is a very old, um, let's say, stereotype that why women should not rule or be mm-hmm. in leadership positions because uh, women, you know, power goes to their head and women are not. Oh, that's that's very interesting. I remember I was having this conversation. I think I was with you or with somebody else. I remember, and I was thinking these the the kind of powers that these two characters in particular had were actually powers that were that they were too strong like you could tell yeah. the power that the, there was no limit to the powers that they can, they had that they had godlike the main character male characters like cyclops and wolverine and bobby drake maybe had something that was a little bit more godlike but yeah. not that much but like jean gray and storm even rogue they had powers that that were like what the hell? But like the entire time, you're just thinking in every movie, in every cartoon, and in every video game, you're thinking they're not doing the most. Like they're mm. like 
underutilized because the power that they're given and then obviously when they do use most of their power it's like shit hits the fan like the whole thing yeah, like, yeah. so that's a really that's but you know it's like it's it's portrayed like that but it also like very interesting in terms of if you just look at their power as just femininity as a whole yeah like how femininity is this really powerful force that is constantly diminished because it's too strong yeah and, and it's this kind of uh, you know this idea of women being very uh, temperamental and mm-hmm. i mean unfortunately the people think women are hormonal Mm-hmm. the things like that that they they tend to be tend to not have control over their emotions slash powers so i feel mm-hmm. like that idea kind of trickled into this and then our next candidate miss emma frost miss <laughs> emma frost was the how now the for me for me <laughs> i would like as much as i would like to say that jean grey was the person i wanted to be like publicly i would say i want to be jean grey but inside you know i want to be emma frost right <laughs>
elemental or psychological or energetic. She and was she that. had that scrappy energy also, right? Like the energy yeah. was scrappy. It wasn't just that her um, powers were um, strong. It was like she had that scrappy thing where she, she in the, I don't know if you've seen the series, but she always had that situation where things were thrown on her and stuff and she would be out for a second. Then she would immerse throwing the rock. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that like, you know, that always inspires you as a kid, especially like it makes you feel like, okay, there's always a hope. She was that yeah. So that's why and, she's really cool. And and in, uh, in the X-Men Evolution also, she was my favorite character because I was an emo kid and she was mm. the emo kid in X-Men Evolution. So she always had that relatable thing going on. Also, also you know who doesn't want to be a black widow? You kiss me and you're dead. Dead girl. <laughs> yeah, she, she was the living embodiment of that phrase. Nah? You can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> yeah. You can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> Although there was still the archetype happening here. Of course. She was a homegirl. You know who I didn't like? Do you you didn't like? I I'm didn't vibe. Yeah. Annoying. Ekto, the outfit was not cute. The yellow, who who she kidding? For me, that fashionable? for me, she was just like non-existent. I liked Shadow Cat. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> the power, cute. It's a cute power. Not very helpful in the in the comics, although I've heard that her powers yeah. are cooler. Yeah, yeah. But like in the in the show and the movie in the in next evolution and the movies, not mm-hmm. that amazing. Uh, but cute. Cute. And the, but the power is quite amazing. Like she gets to travel through dimensions also, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, because she, her form has no dimension or something like mm-hmm. to that effect. So that I think is cool and it, like makes you like it's like she knows shit probably. Also her yeah. name is Kitty Pride. Hello, <laughs> Kitty Pride, Pussy Pride, Pussy Pride. <laughs> Translation. <laughs> Let's get into that. She's a bag hag. <laughs> and she was dating Bobby Drake, who was so gay. But I loved her. Even in X-Men Evolution, she was like this like party girl and she had this thing going on about her. Like the thing, the the fun part about X-Men that all the female characters were somebody that you were inspired to be. Um, yeah. aspired to be. Like I would just like every every female character I would see, I'd be like, yeah. And all the male characters I would see, I'd be like, they could mm. get it. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so for me, X-Men was the complete package what to aspire to be and what to aspire to get. By the way, the movies, the movie boys were really cute. Were they not? Also Hugh Jackman. I mean, hello. (laughs) I'm more into the Prince Charming kind of a thing. So James Marsden for me was more like. So I would say James Marsden, funnily enough, was like my sexual awakening almost. Because he was like, he had that thing, right? He had that thing where it was like, he was hot, but it was also very um, nice. Yeah, it was approachable. But I feel yeah. like as I grew older, I preferred Hugh Jackman. <laughs> just, I feel like I just came into my own woman, you know? Of course. <laughs> you were like the Jean Grey who was like first into... Mm. I'm and that girl. She was, and she was like, no, no. I feel like I'm more fabulous. I think I need a Hugh Jackman in my life. <laughs> So you I know, was... even Professor X could get it. I gotta be honest, girl. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, it's like he, you know, he had a bald head, <laughs> but he had the white jaw also. So, I mean, <laughs> he could kind of get it. But, you know, in the movie, you know who could really get it? In this, not in the initial ones, <laughs> in the later ones. Magneto. Magneto, girl. Mm-hmm. What's his name? What's his name? Michael Fassbender, I think. Ooh, he could bend me over. <laughs> which I, this is why I don't like the movies. The movies focused heavily on Wolverine. Right? Yeah. 
That was, and I feel like maybe that was because they used Hugh Jackman, who was, uh, you know, who had more star power. Essentially, mm-hmm. if you look at the cast, to me, in my opinion, he was the only one who had star power. Well, Halle, um, Halle Berry was pretty big, but you know, she didn't really. Uh, I mean, I don't think she had, apart from this movie, but the movies that she did, she had those Oscar, the Oscar-winning movie, right? Mm-hmm. And she had a few roles that were good. Mm-hmm. But, mm. you know, she didn't have to sustain the star power in the same way. Like, it mm. didn't work out. Like, if you look at Catwoman, that was the case. And... <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Marble. <laughs> Marble skin. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, so, even though I, I mean, you know, I live for Hugh Jackman. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it was annoying because, you know, I feel like the story lost a lot of its great things. I feel like that's why the movies are not good. Because X-Men relied on the idea of this this team of superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this complexity that came in through the, the multiple characters, essentially multiple weaknesses of characters that were resolved throughout. Whereas the X-Men movies were very focused on Wolverine. The whole yeah. arc of the story was focused on Wolverine. It ended with Wolverine and everything. Um, so that's something that I did not like. Why do you think you were that into the X-Men? In retrospect, we, we, can, we can talk about it because I'm pretty sure I didn't understand it at that point. Yeah. There was something that the X-Men... For me, anybody who's queer and mm. who knows of the X-Men knows of the obvious analogy here, right? Mm. Which is that uh, the X-Men, um, it made me feel special, certainly. I'll just say that because mm-hmm. I feel like anybody who felt different when they, when they, um, when they, you know, they came in contact with the X-Men franchise, they kind of came in contact with the idea also that being different actually makes you special. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you saw the mutation as a sort of gift because that's, uh, that's how it's presented in the, in the series. So um, that's actually came to me in, a, in different levels, I would like to say that. The the thing the thing that I find interesting is uh, with the X Men was that in a lot of situations there was no explanation for that mutation actually mm-hmm. that's what the interesting part was because in a lot of other superheroes that we had seen if it's um, Spider Man for example okay he was bitten by a spider if it was the Fantastic Four they had a cosmic accident and where they were affected by radio waves there's Superman who came from another planet Batman had a lot of money um, Wonder Woman also came from another planet but the X-Men was sort of just was just a mutation that yeah. could not be explained and it it made people um, have an have an have a horrible reaction to the people that were mutating and they had to be put yeah. into a corner and then they had to be taken into a home for gifted youngsters, which is obviously an analogy. And I remember in the movie, uh, X2, Bobby Drake actually comes out to his parents as a mutant, which was actually a very big analogy, I think, um, on how the whole coming out thing and the whole queer thing. And then obviously assimilating, and there was this whole like Magneto versus Professor Xavier. Um, So there was like a huge... Now I see it more. I didn't see it then, but I can see why I was so drawn to it because the whole, there's the whole community. There was a community thing also. There was no explanation for it also. There, it was just yeah. like, okay, this is just the way you are. And you and this is a gift that's been given to you and you just have to learn to control it. And it was fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I feel like as opposed to a lot of the other uh, superhero franchises, 
uh, one of the unique things about the X-Men franchise is that it often mentions historical parallels to it. And there's lots of historical elements, like for example, in the Storm origin story, it mentions um, incidents like the upra- uh, because she was born in uh, New York, even mm-hmm. though her parent, one parent was from Kenya, she was born in New York. And it mentions uh, the early, the civil rights movement and how the unrest began. And then she moved to Cairo. It mentioned the Suez Canal uh, crisis. So, you know, it mentions all these things. And also in parallel to that, as you mentioned, like it had the, mar- um, you know, the Magneto versus and uh, Professor Xavier conflict, which was actually mm-hmm. paralleling the MLK, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X um, mm-hmm. uh, conflict. Oh, that's um, interesting. I didn't know. So essentially what happened there was that these were two major figures in the American civil rights movements for the African-American community. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther King always advocated the idea that uh, progress for the African-American community can only come through, uh, through nonviolent movements mm-hmm. and through, uh, through peaceful coexistence and through cooperation with greater America, essentially white community. Whereas mm-hmm. Malcolm X, he had a slightly militant approach to it. He mm-hmm. saw it, the, 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 he saw the movement as a movement of resistance mm-hmm. and a movement of action. And uh, he kind of also said that he kind of separated white people and black people, right? Mm-hmm. So he, met, he said that uh, there needed to be some sort of uh, either a separate state or there needed to be some form of retribution for the atrocities that had been committed in the past. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it in a broader way, I think it also speaks to, like, we've all, you know, like we talk about this where uh, with queer people, the idea of assimilation versus mm-hmm. uh, versus having your own uh, identity. Um, and, you know, like things with like marriage, uh, marriage equality, for example, or like, uh, you know, like following a binary, for example, all these ideas mm-hmm. are more, uh, uh, they fit more with the Professor X philosophy of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I kind of always appreciated it. And that's why I feel like it had more depth to a lot of these ideas that uh, of being different. Like even in the movies, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, a common theme in the movies was this idea that uh, people always fear what they don't understand. And I think that yeah. was one of the statements that really stuck out with me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like at one point, when I reached a certain point in my self-acceptance, it was this stage where I had accepted myself, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't fit into the environment that I was in. And yeah. so me, this was kind of an explanation into why that was. And it made me feel fabulous because I was like, yeah. you know, they don't get it, but I'm actually special. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think X-Men had a very similar. The thing is when X-Men, when I was going, when I was, watching X-Men and like fangirling over X-Men the entire time. I think I'm 13, 14 years old. I wasn't even out to myself as gay. Yeah. The whole the whole thing was the whole gender identity thing and being told yeah. oh you're like for me that was that was mainly the that was mainly the point of conflict, not the sexuality, but mostly the gender identity. And yeah, the a different I, a point of the gender express. Yeah. So for me there was a huge like okay this is literally something that i cannot change something from inside me this is just who i am like you know like when when homosexuality came into the picture there was a lot of like okay islam and a lot of this and a lot yeah. of that and you know like there was something like okay maybe something is wrong with me okay maybe it's a disease or whatever am i mentally unwell or whatever there's so many things that you read and so many things that you hear you think okay maybe something is wrong but 
the whole gender expression thing came so naturally to me it was it was it was always there there was nothing that had gone wrong so for me it was like when i saw it in the x men they were like okay there's something that's in you this is a gift this is a new, like this is this is who you are and you should just take it as uh, a gift and the whole gifted youngsters thing was yeah. something that really really affected me and the and the sense of community that the x men had that was that was the fun part it was not just yeah. oh you're like the odd one out but like oh you're one of many gifted it was essentially if you think about it it was rupaul's a school for girls at the time <laughs> and and uh, you know uh, if you think about it what's her name gigi good <laughs> she often mentions this which is a little which is a little bit of a questionable statement i don't know if you've heard the statement uh, no. where she talks about that queer people have this gift but then she she takes this gift into the realm of gift slash responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> the artist and to promote their art and to put art out there so i feel like the same idea kind of extended into this term also mm-hmm. which i mean if, depending on how you see it could be problematic obviously we're both we see ourselves as artists i think right yeah <laughs> so yeah. for us it's like it's like it's like oh yes but maybe it's not not for i wouldn't say there's lots of different gay people obviously and they're not necessarily creative. but you know some of the most i mean alan turing he was a scientist yeah. he was gay mm-hmm. so you know he was an artist he was he was a scientist who apparently world war 1 or world war 2 world war 2 so he invented the, the, world, the he codes. Uh, he did the hacking thing enigma code enigma code which essentially mm-hmm. broke the code for how um the nazis used to uh, communicate and they yes. were able to end the war that a lot one. sooner essentially yeah that one they made one. a movie about it the movie was not so good in my opinion <laughs> but okay <laughs> okay you go with the facts honey the yeah, facts the and game mm-hmm. um so okay interestingly enough religion is a very uh, strong theme in um at the x-men because uh, it has both elements happening where it's very pro religion and anti religion mm-hmm. so there's there's figures like william striker who we see in the second, second part movie. Mm-hmm. but in the in the in the movies he's a very different figure as opposed to the comic books where in the comic books he's presented as a evangelist kind of very extremist figure mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's also you could say a, it's a obviously it's a gay conversion therapy uh, mm-hmm. analogy happening uh, if you see the movie you know what i mean that he he invents a so called cure mm-hmm. for uh in in the movie in the third part yeah the yeah. cure is in the third part yeah yeah so uh this no so i, I believe in the movie there was his son or somebody had the power to uh that was angel uh, so in then but that's not william striker and william striker was in the second part who was basically he had an adamantium lab and he yeah. put like the adamantium in Wolverine oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no what was the name of the third part i'm forgetting the name of the guy in the third part yeah. but he was one his that guy was that guy that guy whatever his name yeah. was that Angel. guy was actually He's almost like a was a symbol for these uh, extremist movement but you then also have figures like nightcrawler mm-hmm. who who i think the power essentially also represented faith because faith mm-hmm. in some ways is um you know it's like believing in the unknown mm-hmm. right and he has to enter these realms and he has to kind of envision something that's not there to enter that space 
So I thought that was very interesting. It's very interesting. And Nightcrawler was portrayed as a very religious person also. Yeah. There was a lot of prayers and a lot of sins. Like for all the sins, he had the tattoos. In the movie particularly, I don't know if it's the same in the... No, it's the same <laughs> comic. Girl, I, I forgot one of my most favorite female characters, Mystique. I don't forget about her. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Fabulous. Blue or not blue? Fabulous. And I remember in X-Men 2, I saw her for the first time. I was like, oh, what the hell is that? But as the movie went along, I was like, she's my fave. She's my girl. I like her. First of all, the name, Mystique. Love it. <laughs> That's a drag name. Yeah. And also, Rebecca Romaine was hot, right? He was Rebecca pretty. Was yeah. yeah. You know? uh, so she had that going on. And I love the like it was a, it was a hair and like in terms of the um, ma- hair and makeup also the movie was really good. The movie was Rebecca. really good. Yeah, uh, and that was such a cool power also. The shape power was The thing is with Mystique, oh, it was really cool though. What? I like this a lot. I feel like she, in the, if you could think about it, she had it was a very significant symbol because she could be anything, right? She could even kind of like hide her power if she wanted mm. to. Mm. As opposed to a lot of the other people, she could hide her power, but she chose not to hide her power. She chose to be blue. Yes, yes. And I remember in, in, in I think, X-Men First Class, they actually talk about this. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole narrative behind Beast, who is trying to create the whole uh, antidote so that him and Mystique can both hide their blueness. Um, and there's a whole narrative of whether or not they want to hide it. And Magneto says that if you try, if you focus so much of your attention on trying to hide your powers, you're you're never going to be able to fight properly because a lot of your energy and a lot of your power will be going into hiding your outer self. Yeah. And I just think that's beautiful because that's that's exactly what a lot of us queer people do. We focus too much on trying to look a certain way and it never works also. No? You can try as much as you want. We've all made that journey also, right? We've all made that journey where you try to kind of hide yourself and you focus too much on that. And, and I remember there was this TED talk also about this debater who said that his debate only got better when he stopped trying to be masculine in his debates. Yeah. You know, he was like, I used to focus too much on like my hands or if I was, if I was feminizing myself too much. So I had to be like, I was ma- like, you know, uh, what's the word? Butching it up. Yeah. But it's like I used to focus so much on that that I could not debate. So I think that's really cool. Like, it, 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 problem. And maybe it hasn't worked out for me. I try to butcher oh, it up. Oh, Although I succeed oh. most of the time, but you know. <laughs> that's why you can't do nothing else. Because <laughs> you focus too much on that. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. This was me and she, and we had a nice conversation. Hope you guys mm-hmm. enjoyed. We're gonna come back again, maybe tomorrow, maybe day after. We don't got a structure right now. See you soon, honey. Peace. Come back to Panika Pocha, y'all. Back to Panika Pocha. Y'all come back now. <laughs>